On Paul's second missionary journey, he was traveling with Silas and Timothy. Acts 16 records their route. And they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they had come up to Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So, passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there, urging him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go on into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. This short description of Paul's ministry team and their journey through modern-day Turkey is famous for a few reasons. First, it's the place in the book of Acts where the author, Luke, begins to describe himself as part of Paul's team. The pronouns switch from they to we. But second, it's famous for giving insight into God's ministry process. It's a description of God moving his gospel preachers around so he can put them in exactly the right spot. They were forbidden to speak the word in Asia, meaning something kept happening where the door was closed. Then they attempted to go into Bithynia, but they couldn't because, as Luke tells us, the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. Why? Doesn't Jesus care about Bithynia? Well, of course he does. But that's not where God wanted this team to be. God moved them out to the shores of Troas so they would be in a position to cross into Macedonia when he gave Paul the vision of the man calling the team over to preach the gospel. It's a compelling story that raises the question, how does God move his pastors and preachers around today? How does a pastor know it's a good time to make a change and head in a new direction? That's our topic today because I am one of those pastors. In a completely unexpected turn of events, the Lord has arranged for my family and I to go to a new place to take on a new ministry. A new host of Stream Roots will be taking my place, and today uh, and I will be the guest on the show, sharing my experience of pastoral transition. This is Stream Roots. I'm Kyle Bushry, today's guest on the show. With me is my brother and producer of Stream Roots, John Blosser. Hey, John. Hey, hey. All right. And our host today is Mark Pospisil. Uh, all right, Mark, the show is all yours. I hand you the reins. You are now the host of Stream Roots. Uh, what an honor. Thanks, Kyle. And it's good to join you guys again. It's good to see my friend John over here. Yeah. He was on the show a couple of weeks ago. Sorry, John. No, you're good. I, I like you way better already. Oh, this is what? great. Yeah. Oh, man. That should, I was hoping for weeping and gnashing of teeth. No, just yeah. joy and oh. celebration. Joy and relief. There's much rejoicing. This is not how this is supposed to go. <laughs> Got to rib you a little bit. I this suppose. is kind of your baby. So handing it over, uh, I really, it's yeah, a great man. honor. Thanks for 
the yeah. invitation to do that. I hope I could do justice like you to the oh, program. Well, thanks. Helping pastors and ministry workers all over the place. And mm. uh, uh, so I'm really excited about that. And uh, if you don't know me, again, I was on a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I'm a pastor in Waterford, Michigan at the Lakes Church. Been there six years, actually, this weekend mm. was my six-year anniversary. And congratulations, awesome. man. That's great. It's crazy to think about that. Came in with three kids, now we have four. Mm. And uh, <laughs> we wanted three. God wanted us to have four. And yeah. Unexpected, but a blessing. And uh, church is doing great and just excited to be part of Stream Roots. Yeah. And I love Barnabas Ministries and working with Doug Schmidt. So. Mm, yeah, he's a good guy for he's sure. Amazing man. If I could be somebody in 30 years, yeah. I'd be Doug Schmidt. Yeah. Goodness. Those, those plugs that are just the obligatory plugs that you're just pop, pop, pop right in there. Yeah. <laughs> just popping them all in. Oh, Doug, Doug's ego is going through the roof I know right it now. Is. <laughs> well, Doug, Doug paid, he paid me. Oh, well, right. right. Really? Yeah, that's true. That's See? a good point. Oh, it's a native ad. Sorry, yeah. I totally <laughs> ruined that. It's a native <laughs> ad. <laughs> Paid endorsement, if I'm yeah. being honest. I have right. to declare those things. Now, obviously, I'm so, joking. So I was going to say, I'm, I'm assuming that these are going to become a more frequent thing. We'll yeah. see. I don't yeah. know. It depends on how much. Brought uh, to you by YooHoo. <laughs> YooHoo. <laughs> <laughs> or some book I'm reading. Yeah, that's there you right. go. That's right. But no, obviously not paid at all. And Doug would probably be upset that I mentioned that. Oh, yeah. He's an amazing man of God and, mm. uh, and part of his brainchild here for Barnabas. Mm. I'm a huge benefactor of that. Absolutely. So, yeah, this is a great episode. I think a really, really important one, not only for pastors, uh, as we're talking to pastors here, and Kyle's a pastor, uh, but for anybody in ministry Mm -hmm. and missions or whatever that is. When is the time to move? What does a transition look like? What does a healthy transition look like? Why did God tell Paul not to do that? Mm -hmm. I always wondered of that, and I've read that passage hundreds of times. We need more details on that passage, don't we? I want to (laughs) know. I do. I really do. And I, obviously we trust in his sovereignty mm. um, and and he, the Lord stopping that. But so we've got some questions here to look through, Kyle. You know, first, congratulations on your oh, call. Thank you. Appreciate uh, that. Those are a big deal. Mm. Um, and those are not easy decisions to make, especially being the founding pastor of Doxa. Mm. And a lot of prayer and fasting goes into that. Mm. Uh, and so just think about this. When did you decide to take a new pastoral role in Rochester and why did you decide now is the right time to make this change? Yeah, um, it's it's an interesting question because I, I not I don't I would say that the decision was definitely not something that I was seeking out at all. Mm. Um, I wasn't trying to find a spot. Uh, th- this is kind of part of how I know that the Lord is guiding here. Yeah, because uh, I uh, I was not looking for a new role. I was perfectly content as the pastor of Doxa. Uh, as you mentioned, I was the, the founding pastor uh, back in 2015. My wife and I moved here uh, to work with a group of, of people who uh, loved each other, mm. loved their church, but they were, they were getting small. They were, they were kind of getting to the place where they couldn't sustain anymore, and they, they recognized a need for a transition. And so uh, they actually went through a process of what's called replanting. Yeah. Uh, this is before I even knew... Uh, about the role at all, they decided what we need to do is we need to fold our church, take our people and our resources and bring in a church planter and restart ourselves uh, so that we can be a, an effective church in, to the community. And so they worked with our denomination, the Evangelical Free Church of America, uh, worked with them uh, to build a plan uh, and, and they actually constructed an external elder board, a group of p- other pastors external to the church who worked together to call the church planter to come and, and replant, and then it ended up being being me. 
And I was I was very excited. It, it had been a dream of mine to be able to come to Metro Detroit and mm. to plant. Uh, I'd been uh, literally 15 years of hoping that someday I would get an opportunity to be able to come and do this. And so uh, when I was sitting on my on my porch back in May, and I got a call from uh, a, a person I'd never heard of from a place I'd never heard of, Rochester, Minnesota. Uh, asking if I'd, they'd be okay to look at my resume. Uh, they had gotten my name um, from a friend of mine, and uh, they would like to look at me. I wasn't looking at all. So, for me, the the answer to the question, how did it, you know, how do I, um, you know, how did I decide that now is the right time to make a change like this? It was a very long process yeah. of me basically saying to this group, you know, I. I had, uh, I don't you know look elsewhere look look at other folks they would say you know we're looking we we'd like to meet with you but we'd also like to meet with this other guy I'd say you know what look at the other guy that's fine go go for that that that's you know that may be your the guy that God is calling to your position and so um and and when they would come back and say yeah I think we're gonna move, we're gonna move forward with this other guy I was like great praise God and then something wouldn't work out and that kept happening over the course of about six months as I would push the opportunity away it would come boomeranging back around to me as something that I should look at. And it really wasn't, uh, so from May to September, I really wasn't considering it very deeply at all. It was in, in September, after a lot of pushing away, that they invited me to come out, and um, and it was then that my heart started to be uh, inclined toward the possibilities of what could be done uh, here at, at this church in Rochester. And... Um, I started to become excited about the opportunity, but at the same time, I was also starting to feel the the pain of the relationships and all of the the great great work that the Lord has done through Doxa Church. and And so, for me, it wasn't a, an immediate excitement at all mm. for the position. It was actually a lot of uh, pain and feelings of reluctance, but uh, a reg, sort of a uh, a convincing from the Lord that, no, this is where I want you to serve me next. Uh, um, and so there was a compelling spiritual inward messaging. I don't know how ex- exactly to describe it, but it was a, uh, a sort of a, a, a clarifying path was opening up in front yeah. of me, and I was honestly a little bit uh, scared to go down it, but it, it seemed like the right thing to do. Well, I'd like to have you talk more about that? Because again, you were the founding mm-hmm. pastor of Doxa. You yeah. work here with John. Yeah. John's a great guy to work with. Yeah. I love- <laughs> well, he was until piling they, on the company. We've been working go. here for a week. I thought he was until he just basically <laughs> threw a little party when yeah. I handed off the show. But yeah, yeah. yeah it was good. Yeah. Well, if you didn't know, John works at a bakery, and no. uh, he's promised me free donuts. That's true. I did <laughs> never <laughs> once. I have not had one free donut no, that's on, this show. Uh, oh, that's on this show. On this show. On this show. On this show. That is true. That's true. But you have brought it to church. Okay. I'll give you that. that. That's how he got me in. He's like, hey, how many you want? <laughs> hey, man, a dozen, baker's dozen, a baker's you like, dozen. You like apple fritters? I, I love them. I got you. Man. Love them. That's why we moved to Michigan. That's right. But being, and, and I think if you've been in ministry, many people have gone through transitions. Mm-hmm. And I actually saw, you know, a, a, a great stat in the book called Survivor Thrive by Jimmy Dodd. Mm. That one out of 10 people who start in ministry actually finish in ministry. One out of 10? That's the stat. I don't know how accurate that is, but he Ooh. quoted it and said it. That's pretty staggering. If, if he's, he's, if, even if he's only half right, and even it's if one he's out only of half five, right. that's staggering to me. And I can see it because there's so many pitfalls and discouragements yeah. and losing, again, losing your first love. We talked about yeah. that. Yeah. Yep. 
uh, falling into sin or just getting burned out, uh, just having a disenchantment with it. There's a lot of lot of different things to navigate. But thinking of this, it seemed like things were going well here at Doxa. Mm-hmm. I know some of your members actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. I love the families that are here, and yeah. they love they talk nothing but good things. Mm-hmm. And so you're in that spot. How hard was that? And yeah. and actually, I'd like you to speak on this. How did you know? I know all of our decisions make by faith, but what was confirmed that it's like, okay, this is where the Lord's leading me? Yeah, it's excruciatingly difficult because my heart is so tied to my my folks, to my church. Mm-hmm. Um, People you love, you minister, I do. you shepherd. I love them. You know, I think a lot of times, and we'll probably talk about this in a little bit, uh, about, you know, bad reasons to leave a church. You can you can run away from churches. You can yeah. run away from people. Mm-hmm. I, I am very, very much knitted to my church and my community and the folks that are here and the disciples we're making and all of that. So how did I know? Um, I, 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 it's almost... Uh, it's almost an answer I can't re- fully wrap my mind around okay. how I knew for certain. Uh, I do a lot of leaning on other Christians. I think that there's a, an affirmation that comes from the body of Christ that is so helpful for helping us to make decisions uh, on anything. Uh, that, I think that, that goes right down to your your small group's level where you're, you, you tell your small group about this thing that's coming up in your life and you all pray about it, and then there's advice given and, and that sort of thing. Uh, I, I was relying on uh, a couple of things. I was relying on uh, mentors in my life okay. who I could reach out to and say, what do you think about this? So I had a few of those uh, that I was reaching out to. I was relying, of course, on my on my wife and yeah. um, just she and I talking about the future and what, you know, and praying together about it. And, and, and really I was also very much uh, relying on the other church. I was relying on the church in Rochester to find through their well prayed out process, the right person, which is why I was cheering them on when I thought it was going to be someone else. You know, Um, when I, when uh, their search team gave uh, the recommendation, the high recommendation to their elders. The elders then unanimously affirmed that that call. That was big for me. I don't think I could ever go into a ministry position where there was not. Um, well, I qualify this. I uh, generally speaking, I don't think I could ever go into a ministry position where there was not a unanimous call of the elders. Yes, to come and say, no, we want you to join us as an elder team to lead this church. Yeah. If I can just say something really quickly about that, it's really, really important. If you're thinking, Hey, I need affirmation. Those are really big deals. Cause if you come into a situation, your elder board's divided. If you should be the guy, well, that's not going to end well. It will Mm -hmm. never end well. And if you guys know who David Jeremiah is, Mm -hmm. uh, he used, he planted a church in Fort Wayne and I knew the guy who took over after David Jeremiah left, he took a calling in San Diego and the elder board was divided, like 80% mm. wanted him, 20 didn't. Oof. And he's like, I'm not coming until there's a unanimous decision. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they prayed through it, and there was. Okay. And I was like, man, that's such, so much wisdom there. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. And, and, and in the free church, uh, this is a free church, an evangelical free church that we're going to in, in Rochester. Um, in the tradition of the free church, uh, there's uh, not only a calling of the elders, but there's an affirmation by the congregation. And okay. this was another big sort of signpost for us. We went to candidate there, and uh, over the course of, of a few days, I met with hundreds of people, um, most of whose names um, I will not remember in a few months when I get there again, and I'll have to relearn <laughs> those names. Uh, so if you're from Rochester, you're listening right now, sorry about that in advance. Uh, we, I'll get it down eventually. But uh, at the end of that time, after I preached on Sunday, 
they had a meeting, an annual meeting, and at the annual meeting there was an, a, a vote of affirmation for the call of the elders uh, for me to come, and that vote was 99.5% affirmative uh, to call uh, me to come and to affirm that calling. Uh, and that incredibly high, that's, that's in, if you're not familiar with, with church voting, 99.5% affirmation of anything is unbelievably high. And uh, that, that level was just uh, staggering to me. And uh, again, another affirmation that God was using his church to communicate his direction for me and my family. Yeah. Um, let me ask you a quick question. Are you going to find out that who was that 0.5% person? Oh, yeah, they're out. No, I'm just guessing. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's no. a new Excommunicado. sheriff in yes, town. Here we go. Excommunicado. <laughs> no, I'm kidding no. around. I'm no, kidding course. around. No. Uh, of course not. No, I, I won't, but uh, that's funny. <laughs> so I think with this, too, let me ask this question. What are some good reasons that a pastor might make a change and move from one ministry to another? Because you're you're going to a great thing. You're going to something new, but your yeah. church here, I'm sure there's a lot of hurt, a lot of confusion. Not a, maybe not a lot, but it's also like, okay, what are we gonna do? And that's part of that transition you have mm. to consider. Again, you were the founding pastor here. How do you yeah. navigate that for those good reasons? Mm-hmm. And how do you how do you actually, with a good reason, leave on a good note? Yeah, we. I think it's hard to the good reasons to move in ministry. Obviously, the the reason to ever move in a ministry is because the Lord is leading you to the next ministry. So, so the, the, of course the question then becomes, how do you determine that? And I think that's, that's difficult. Um, I think it's in fact so difficult that the passage we saw earlier in Acts 16, you know, it says the spirit of Jesus didn't allow them to enter into Bithynia and there's no detail given there. Um, it's, it's either the detail doesn't matter or it's impossible to say, why? What, what was that detail? <laughs> what was that detail, right? <laughs> yeah. What was that thing? So I think there are good reasons to, to move on in a ministry. Uh, I think there's a lot of, a lot of uh, how do I say this? I want to redeem uh, the idea of a holy aspiration okay. in ministry. So like, there's a lot of young pastors uh, who, or, or a lot of pastors just in general, who are serving in roles in churches where they say, this is what God has for me right now. And then they see an opportunity and it speaks to the passions that they have inside for what they want to accomplish. Uh, Paul didn't stay in one place any, for very long because his passion was to go and to preach the gospel in places where the gospel hadn't gone yet, yeah, right? Yeah, yep. That's a holy aspiration. So I think there are times when you can search your own passions and see them line up with new opportunities and see that as something of an affirmation, as long as there's other factors involved there, like we had spoken about earlier, like leadership and, and you know churches affirming at a high level and that sort of thing. I think there's good reasons personally to move on. Uh, I, you know, it's easy to it's, it's actually easier to think of the bad reasons why uh, you would why <laughs> that why, could be a whole podcast yes, episode it, right there. It could be <laughs> bad reasons to leave your church, uh, but I think there's um, there's incredibly good reasons, and I and I think they they uh, they mostly occur when the Lord opens up opportunities and stirs the passions of the minister or the pastor or the the preacher to. Uh, to go through those doors, uh, for instance, uh, here's a good here's a good example of a door that didn't open for me, and and I'm I'm thank I guess I'm thankful for it. I, I um, you know, there's I have a, a tremendous passion for unreached and unengaged people groups around the world, and I could very much see myself as a 
as a pa- as a uh, missionary to an un- unengaged and unreached people group in the world. And there was a time in my life when I was pretty heavily looking at opportunities to do just that. I got a passion for church planting and a passion for this kind of um, frontline engagement and, and really looked and explored that. And there really weren't any opportunities that opened up for me. Um, even, even when I was, I visited, I went to, I probably shouldn't say the name of the country, but I went to a country that's a closed country and met with a, uh, with a missionary on the ground and said, you know, what would it take for me and my wife to come here and be part of doing what you're doing? And he kind of explained what they were doing. And, uh, after he got done explaining, uh, he, he didn't really see an opening for me to be part of that. And uh, that was wisdom on his part because he he was explaining, and I was probably 15 years removed from being able to be effective in that community because I would take all of that time to learn the language. Yeah. And by the time I was, be you know, uh, older push in retirement perhaps and it would be really really hard and he was so he was looking for younger leaders at that point I'm not an old leader by any change, by any extreme but in that one that one instance he was looking for a different kind of guy so the the door didn't open for me um if it had I would call that a good reason because that would have aligned with my passions uh in, in life so I've, I've just the Lord has used other opportunities for me to be to be able to be involved in doing that kind of missions work, but but as a pastor here in the United States, so I think there are, I think I think the good reasons have a lot to do with um, it, you know delight yourself in the Lord and He'll give you the desires of your heart, right? Yeah. So when a pastor is looking at an opportunity, you say, "Am I am I delighting myself in the Lord? Is this is this me worshiping and?" joyously engaging in the ministry that God has for me? Am I, am I doing this? Would I be making this decision out of selfish ambition or some of the other things that it talks about that elders shouldn't be operating out of? Uh, and if I am, then I need to say no. I need to, I need to continue on where I am. But if I'm not, and I'm really delighting in the Lord, and this is a desire of my heart, I think that's a good reason, especially if you have others around you that are affirming you in that decision. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So real quick, if you just answer Quickly, yeah. Uh, how do you do that in a healthy way? How do you leave good without burning a bridge? You know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so I had left a church in Fort Wayne where I was associate pastor, and we had it was great. It was kind of almost a natural thing, though. Mm. People knew I was going to be a mm-hmm. uh, lead pastor. They knew that this was mm-hmm. the position that was coming. And while it was hurtful in one level, just for people. Um, but it was also joyous. So we had like this great send off and I had a good meal for the whole church and had a great time. We got the right letters and Mm. brought gift cards, which was like kind of overwhelming. (laughs) And I still look back and just with gratitude that the elder board at the time allowed that to happen. And even though I was leaving and they had to find this role, but I'm still friends Mm -hmm. with the church. Um, because I kind of love that place. I yes. love that place in Fort Wayne. Yeah. It's where I cut my teeth and mm-hmm. it's where, again, everything happened there. So how do you leave in a healthy way? So you're in Rochester and Doxa would still invite you to come preach. <laughs> one, maybe when you're back or whatever. You know, just yeah. like hypothetical. Yes. Because I see people who might leave for the right reasons, but they can do it the wrong way. Oh, they absolutely can. Yeah, there's a there's a sensitivity that uh, I think all pastors should have when they're making a transition toward, yeah. you know, this might be exciting for you. It's def- it, If you've done things well, it's not exciting for the church you're leaving. And and for them, it's a, it's a loss. 
you know, if it's not a loss, if they can't wait till you're gone, then we got a whole <laughs> different, whole different show, right? <laughs> it's, a whole, it's probably good that you're going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. No, that's uh, that'd be a different thing. But it, you know, for me, um, what I've really wanted to lean into, and it's not been hard to do this, is to lean into the sensitivity toward the people that are part of Doxa, and 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 just just affirming them over and over again and explaining the process that I went through uh, was extraordinarily helpful, especially for some of the folks within the church who uh, were uh, more hurt by this, thinking that perhaps, um, you know, there was a a betrayal of some kind or a feeling of of why aren't we good enough kind of thing. Mm. Um, I recognize that that could be what's happened. I know that that's not what happened. But the way I go about communicating, spending time, being in conversation with people in the church, uh, bringing the church along in that in that process uh, now, um, I think that's been helpful. Uh, so I just want to, I think the way you do it right is to recognize the feelings, uh, the spectrum of feelings that people are going to have in the church. Not everybody's going to be like, oh, hey, great job, wonderful, yeah, yeah. so glad you're moving on. I think that's actually easier for an associate who's moving into another for role, sure. Yep. Way easier yep. than for a senior or a lead pastor who's or planting, moving. you know, you founded it. Founding yeah. planter, yeah. Um, People can, wanted to stay with you until Christ returns. Exactly. You're going, exactly. You come into my coffin with me. And yeah. We're going, yeah, 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 yeah. And I think, but another thing that's really helpful, um, and I hope I've done this well. I, I don't, I think I have. I, some, some have told me this. Um, so I haven't done everything well for sure. But one thing I, I hope I did well was the entire time we were building Doxa, this was not a church about Kyle. Mm. This was not centered on me. Uh, it was not my, you know, I'm, I'm sure that my some of my skills and some of my gifts brought people and they were excited about some of those things, but this has never been a church about one man and his mm. preaching. It, it has always been a church of that was decentralized, We where we uh, moved people into groups that were led by other people. We trained people up. We, we used the gifts and skills of others. So this is very much a community of followers of Jesus, and I just play one part in that. Um, a big part, a prominent part, no doubt, but a part. And so um, one of the things that can be actually an opportunity for a church is is uh, recognizing the community, recognizing the spiritual gifting within the community, if, if it's a healthy community, uh, of being able to remove a or leave, have have leave a major component of the community and still see it thrive and grow and make disciples. Uh, so in that way, Although it's a painful opportunity, it's it's something of an opportunity even for Doxa. Mm, that's good. That's uh, well said. Well said. So this is probably my favorite question. Okay. And uh, all right. I don't know how much time we have oh, left, boy. John. Oh, we've got plenty of time, dude. It's your show now. What is it? You can do We're an going hour, two hours. Yeah, right? sure. <laughs> sure. This is the Stream Roots experience. That's right. Gosh, can we please change that? <laughs> Here we go. Uh, do you think there are bad reasons for a pastor to move from one ministry to another? And let me just piggyback off that, you know, with the COVID and all of the issues in the church, uh, I know many people in ministry, and if you're honest, there's times where you even, oh, I haven't yeah. thought right during some of that stuff, or people got upset. We, we moved on from a staff member. It needed to happen. Great guy, but uh, wasn't communicated the best way. Learned a lot from it, but people were upset, and it's like, man, and it all worked out. Like, mm-hmm. it all worked. If sure. it's great, you know, sure. our church is in a great place right now, just a healthy season. But there's thoughts that go through your mind, like, is it time to move? Am mm-hmm. I even cut out for this? <laughs> Should I go 
do something else. You know, baristas make it, you know, I can get some tips over yeah. there. It's, it's really great. Let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> John's right, a barista yeah. too. Yeah. I forget. Yeah. That is, that He's is a bakery. renaissance man over there. Yeah. yeah. I, I just imagine him rolling I, dough. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, my business cards say coffee king of Trenton and the donut king of Trenton. Look at so, you. Yeah. The king, double king. Double king. We, might, we might need to <laughs> talk about pride later. Anyway, <laughs> they call yeah. me DK Blosser. Oh, yeah. King John (laughs) for now on, (laughs) but think about, you know, how do you speak to the person? Maybe they're a young leader. Maybe they're an older leader Mm. who right now wants to get out, Mm. but God doesn't want them to get out. You know, you think about Paul, he could have left the Corinthian church, just ignored them of all of those hassles there. Uh, He could have done that with the Galatian area, uh, the Galatia and um, with all of the way that they were losing sight of the gospel, but yet he still was an apostle over them. He still pastored them and he didn't leave. So what are some bad reasons and how do you speak to that person who wants to go and they shouldn't go? What would you say to them? Oh, wow. That's a, <laughs> are there bad reasons to leave a church? Absolutely. There are bad reasons to leave uh, a, a church. Uh, and, and if I were to counsel somebody, uh, I, I definitely would, um, I would definitely say to them, look, you, you, you have to be led by the spirit and that should have a lot of confirmations. There should be external, not just your opinion, not just your feelings about what God would have you do, but there should be an affirmation of the body of Christ around you that this is, in fact, what you should be doing next. Um, and so I think there's a lot of people that use pastoral transition to escape. Oh, yeah, for sure. Right? That, that's got to be the top. The top escaping problems within the church uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm just shooting from the hip here. I don't have any numbers to back this up, but I would say it's got to be near the top reason why pastors make transitions to other churches because they're trying to find a grass, it's a grass is greener kind of mentality. Yeah. Um, I suppose probably I would also put on the list of bad reasons to leave from one church to another. And I'm going to qualify this, but uh, would be something like um, higher pay more people kind of reasons a sort of a like a, a career climbing okay. type reason. Uh, now I qualify that in that those two things may be true of a great next step for a pastor. I'm not saying those things by themselves, or I, I'm not saying those things can't be included in a good transition. I mean, certainly if you're an associate pastor somewhere and you become a lead pastor at another church, there's a good chance that there may be more people and that you will be paid more. But if those are the reasons that a person is making a change in ministry, I feel like that by itself would be an indication of some type of idolatry going on in the heart of that pastor. Uh, a desire for a greater platform by itself uh, would be a um, would be a red flag mm. for me. And so if I were talking to somebody who was in a position like that and wanted to make a switch, I really want to explore. Okay, how did you come across this uh, this opportunity? Um, what what is attractive to you about this this next move? Is it simply that you will be in a better position as you feel? You know, as it seems like a a better position where you are right now. Are you escaping something? 
Are you are you looking at the problems you have and you're just daydreaming, you know, like every pastor that in their mind quits every Monday morning? Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? They don't, but they want to you know, every Monday morning. Uh, are they are you are you just tired? It's, it's usually Sunday night for me. Oh, is it Sunday night? <laughs> yeah, oh, like, it's oh, a little man. earlier. Yeah, a little earlier. <laughs> get a little get a little rest in Monday. Monday, you come back to your senses. Is that? Yeah. Right? yeah. I remember a pastor said he called it Bread Monday. It was like <laughs> I can just go be a bread delivery oh, guy. Oh yeah. yeah. Like, uh, no issues or problems here, but yeah. Bread Monday. Bread I like Monday. that. Let me tell you, there's a lot of issues in a bakery. <laughs> oh well, yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah. No, I, uh, I'd say, you know, if you're just trying to escape, you know, are you feeling down? Search your heart. This is really where it comes down to. You got to search your heart. Search your heart. Are you, are you excited about this because you won't have to deal with X, fill in the blank, mm-hmm. whatever it is anymore? That, le- and especially if the fill in the blank is a person, you know, your leadership board, your, your elder board, you won't have to deal with uh, that, that staff person anymore. Uh, if you're if you're leaving for those reasons, and you may be able to explain why the next position is so great, but if you know deep down that the reason you're going to it is because you're getting away from these other problems, I would advise that pastor not to go. I'd say you're leaving for the wrong reasons. Um, okay, so let me give you a scenario. Say that the staff people they're with or their elder board is just toxic Mm. and they've Mm. been just treading against the grain for Mm. so long. Mm. Is it, is that, or does God, you know, again, it's so hard to tell because these are case by case. Maybe the Lord wants to refine you, but is that a good reason? You know what I mean? Like I'm not making any traction. I've been here for years. I I wake up and I just don't want to do this anymore. So are you so in your scenario are you describing a theological problem where the 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 church is say abandoning the sufficiency of scripture in some things or are you talking about more of a philosophical difference where the church feels it wants to do a particular a ministry in a particular way and the pastor has a desire to do it in a different way. Yeah, probably yeah, I'm talking about philosophical or oh, personality okay. yeah. driven even, you know yeah. what I mean? Mm. That'd be hard. Uh okay. yeah, if you were just if you're just grinding your gears mm. Every single day, um, that might be reason to consider. Uh, but boy, you know, in my, my when I look at scripture, when I look at the the problems between people in the church and scripture, I don't see an abandoning of those of of of, of those relationships. What I see is a a, des- a, a sacrificial desire to uh, reconcile in those situations. And so, I guess what I, what I would say to that guy who's feeling that way is. Uh, Take those feelings, take that, take that, um, that, that inner turmoil that you have, go to the people who are causing it and reconcile. Now, at the end of the day, after you've rebuilt that relationship, if you still feel that it's time for you to move on for other reasons, then, then maybe. But I would hate for someone ever to have a bad relationship with somebody and have difficulty and, and, really, really just unable to, to do the ministry they want to do um, the, the way they want to do it to just abandon a church and go to a different, go to a different church, not abandon it, but move on to a different ministry because they feel like it's going to work better over there. Here's the other thing, the problem for that pastor, and they don't want to hear this, but the problem might be them. <laughs> and if, and all, all they'll be doing is taking themselves to another ministry yeah, yeah, where the people don't move as fast as they, he thinks they, or they don't see the way he thinks they ought to see. And, and then he'll just grind to a halt there too mm. and move on to the next. And then the issue is never really addressed. Mm. So I'd say to the guy who's feeling that way, I'd say, don't go 
until you can be released and sent on your way in ministry from a group of people who love you and are cheering you on mm. in that sense. Good. I want to just add one mm. little more question here. Okay. What would you say to the pastor or ministry worker right now who wants to quit, not transition oh. to a different position, but change careers? Oh man, that's hard. And especially coming out of COVID, that's. <laughs> yeah, because there's, there's a lot yeah. of that, you yeah. know, some inert, but you know, there's a lot out there right now. People are frustrated. Mm-hmm. They look at their own inadequacies or the things they're dealing. What would you say to them? Mm. I'd say, I'd say don't put onto yourself uh, all of the stress that you of ministry and think that it's all you mm. right now. That's what I would say right now. Uh, to that person, if they what they're saying is, I feel this strain, this stress in ministry. It's possible. Let me caveat here. It's possible that this person should not be in ministry, and that what they're actually identifying is, I probably shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. That's fine. Uh, if that's if that's what's happening, then then transitioning into some place where you can use the gifts and skills that God has given you for ministry is a fine choice. But do that in conjunction with uh, good solid people who love the Lord speaking into your life and helping you find the right direction for that. Um, but if what you're, what this person is saying is, uh, look, I love, I have a passion for the Lord. I feel called to ministry. I'm, I love doing ministry, but right now I am burned by ministry. I feel like this is, this is a, uh, such a difficult thing to do. People seem so uh, negative right now. And that's the culture just seems to be creating a negative feeling for those of us who are in pastoral ministry, uh, I'd say stick it out, uh, uh, pray, find some other pastors that you mm, can lean yeah, on, yeah, yeah. be strengthened, have somebody pick your arms up, find some people in your church that that recognize um, the the cultural moment that we are in and can can be your confidants and your uh, your encouragers right now and stick it out because we are in a difficult time right now for anybody to be in charge of anything trying to lead people yeah. and uh, don't don't walk don't walk away when 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 things are at their worst um, just uh, you know if if you have to for your own health. If, if this is what you're saying, like, I'm using this as my opportunity, maybe you're at retirement age, now's the time to step. That, that's fine, I guess. But I would say uh, don't just walk away just because you're stressed because all of us are stressed. I haven't <laughs> talked to a pastor that is not feeling the strain and stress of the of the cultural moment that we are in and trying to pastor a church. So um, it's it's good to spend, spend more time praying, spend yeah. more time talking with other pastors, uh, Barnabas Ministries is good for that, but there's lots of ways you can get involved in just the lives of other pastors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get to the Lord and hang on. Yep, that's right. right? Hang on. Don't that's give exactly. up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, don't give up. So there's a lot we can even talk about that, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, but just one last question here. Mm. Uh, I don't think I heard you say you had a vision from a man in Rochester saying, Kyle, come here and help us. <laughs> I didn't catch that. John, no, did you was, get that? No, no. Not. So it's not really apples to apples here with the ax analogy, but it's close. Um, you know, you, you, you come preach the gospel here, but what are some, or what were some of the indications that this is the right move to do? And mm. you think those unique, those indications are universal for everyone or just for your experience? Well, we mentioned some of them, mm-hmm. um, that affirmation of the voting and all of the, kind of some of the official stuff uh, was big for me. Uh, but, you know, there's, uh, there's other little things too uh, that are 
that were affirming for us. You know, my my family, um, my my children, for instance. Mm-hmm. I got a I got a twelve year old and a ten year old, and uh, you know, right now at Doxa, uh, we don't have a lot of twelve and ten year olds. In fact, we have no almost no twelve and ten year olds, and we have a bursting young family ministries. Lots of toddlers, lots of babies. There's almost always a lady that's pregnant in our church, you know. It's just <laughs> it's a really, really cool moment for for Doxa, and it's a wonderful place if that's where you are in your in life. Uh, but but uh, right now, you know, my my children for for the last six and a half years have not been part of a church where they had kids their own age, and now they're going to be going to a church where they have hundreds of kids their own age, and it's just a really uh, awesome opportunity for us for, for for my fuller family to be involved. Uh, and then just some of the conversations that I've had with individual leaders at this other church uh, have been so affirming. Uh, they recognize, um, they've been praying for Doxa by name. They recognize the difficulty it is that there is on this side of things, and they're sensitive to that, which is incredibly uh, uplifting for me personally, to have a, to know there's a church that didn't just spend its time going, well, look at all the great things we have to offer. Look at all, you know, they weren't just saying, look at us. They were saying, no, we, we get it. This is hard. Mm. And, and they, they just love God's broader kingdom and have been praying for Doxa. And some of those conversations have been incredibly affirming and uplifting for me. So just to see the, the, uh, the sort of the attitudes of the leadership um, there, uh, was was some of the less tangible uh, signs that this was the right move for us to make. Um, do I think that uh, these are universal? Do I think these are just specific to me? I think there's going to be a lot of intangibles for it. So, so in, a, in a sense, they are specific to me. Uh, knowing your family, knowing where you are right now, um, and what, what, it, what it takes to care for your family as a pastor— uh, I think can play have a lot of play into whether the next ministry is the right ministry for you. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I I think when a missionary goes overseas, if that missionary has uh, young kids and those kids are in school, I think asking the question, "What will schooling look like for my kids?" I think it's a wise question. I don't think it's an unfaithful question where you'd say, "Oh, why are you even asking that? You you, you just need to be faithful, and God will work it out with your kid." No, man, God gave your kids you to make good decisions, and so uh, you know when I'm looking at this other opportunity, I'm looking for you know not just for me, not just what will it mean for me, but what will it mean for my family, my wife. Uh, can we thrive and grow in this in this environment? Is this a is this a good move for us in this specific time of life? And and the answers to those questions for us with Rochester were yes. And, uh, this, this was a good move for us. Uh, and so that was, that was helpful, but also, you know, I universal, I think you need to listen. Um, pastors need to listen carefully to what is being said by the leaders of the church. They're considering going to, mm. are they, uh, are they sensitive to the leading of the spirit? Are they, passionate about the mission do are they attuned to your spiritual gifts in such a way that they're not trying to just fill a fill a spot but they see how you fit with the overall uh, work of what they're trying to accomplish that was that was a big part of it for me you know looking at the kind of leader they were looking for and then looking at my own gifting and saying i see the match that you are all seeing um, that, that kind of thing i've i've talked to pastors quick story i know a pastor one time who uh, was super excited about an opportunity that had opened up for him. 
and he was going to go to it, and he was excited. It was near his house. He didn't have to move. He was just going to go. But then he was telling me about what the board there, and they were just called the board. They weren't elders. There was a <laughs> the board yeah, sounds like just, a mafia. It was just called the board, <laughs> and there was a and then the, there was the the leader of this board was the guy whose title was the chairman of the church. That was his. That was his title. Yeah, the chairman of the church. And I said, uh, you know. Um, that's not a biblical title. Who who gave him that title? And he's like, oh, I think he he chose it for himself. <laughs> nice. And and uh, and I said, well, how did the conversation go? And he's like, well, he wanted to bring me in to make sure that I had I held the same values he held. And he he listed off all these values like worship style and all these other just these. And what what it, what he was describing was this person had started this little splinter cell church that was entirely designed to fit this one man's comforts and preferences. And this other guy, this, this friend of mine was being brought in in order to uh, fulfill one of the roles on the staff. And I said, I, I just wouldn't do this. Oh. I would not do this. This is, this seems wrong. It seems unwise. I would never make this choice. Uh, th- these people don't seem to have the love and passion for Christ's mission that you're looking for. And I was waved off at, nah, it'll be fine. Mm. It'll be fine. And then my friend went there and he wasn't there six months. Wow. Six months. Six months. Wow. And he quit. Yep. Or, or, or was fired. Cannot believe, I can't remember which one it was, but it was mutual, I think, either way. Yeah. And it was a, it was a, it was a quick, the chairman got him out of there because he didn't. And so that's the sort of thing. That's an extreme example. Yeah. But you can have less extreme examples of the same sort of thing where you don't have this kind of loving, uh, well-built, healthy, compassionate body of people that are excited about not only you but are praying for the pastor of the church that you're coming from and recognize um, recognize God's work on both ends of that. So, mm. Yeah. Why don't you say we, can I say, just say a prayer for you and any oh. other pastor out there who's maybe just struggling right now? Can yeah. we do that? Yeah, that's great. Pray. Thank you. Father, we thank you for being good to us, for being merciful to us, for the calling to serve you and serve in ministry. What, what a privilege and honor that is. We don't take that upon ourselves, uh, but we're so grateful that you allowed us to do that. Thank you for Kyle and this opportunity here. Pray that you would bless his, him and his family and guide them. Pray that you'd be with Doxa Church over here, that you would direct their steps as well. And uh, you'd keep everybody rooted in Christ. We pray for our friends who are listening, who are struggling right now, that you would mm-hmm. encourage them, strengthen their resolve, let them persevere and just grow them and, and their roots where they are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, Kyle, I'm going to hand it back to you for one last time for a sign off here. All right. Thank you, Mark. Stream Roots is a production of Barnabas Ministries. You can learn more at barnabasministriesmi.org. Stream Roots, drawing deep from the living water of God's Word. Stream Roots.